This is Shinji Kagawa, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall podcast. Welcome to episode 253. I'm your host, Stefan Botsko, and as promised, our interview with special guest Daniel Rosbach from Eiserne Ketten, the Union Berlin blog, which is pretty cool and very savvy. And if you know German, you can read it. Hello, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Hello, Stefan. Um, there's even one article in English on there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from which year? Um, from... Some game that Bobby Wood played well in. <laughs> so, so I thought there, there was a point in doing it in English. Yeah. That, that one game. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had, he had a really decent uh, second half of the season, uh, before he, uh, which earned him the, the 4 million euro transfer fee move to Hamburg. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> didn't turn out so well there, but it's, it's Hamburg for you. Obviously, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's also a second division, uh, story, Hamburg now. <laughs> um, but, I'm talking to you because Borussia Dortmund are playing against Union Berlin on Wednesday night at the Westfalenstadion. Which is a bit uh, of a shame. Uh, because I was going to say you probably uh, pity that. Yeah, because we've already done that. So uh, we've ran through that. We uh, didn't quite uh, uh, see Union win there a couple of years ago. But um would have been nice to have the return fixture at the Stadion at Altfusterei. Yes, if people remember two years ago, that was sort of the uh, breakout game of uh, one Jakob Brun Larsen, who is grabbing headlines nowadays quite uh, a lot, but uh, back then not so much. I think he I think forced his an own first, goal or something. Uh, I think it was very first uh, match uh, for the senior team at Dortmund. And yeah, I think he was the guy who deflected uh, Steven Skripsky's shot, uh, who now plays for a different team, <laughs> uh, yes. which I'm not allowed uh, maybe to name. On here, I, I don't know. You can you, you can say the yeah. name. It's it's fine there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, the, he's playing for Schalke now. Yeah, I was going to mention him um, uh, later, anyways, because we all, also got a player from Schalke who uh, is quite important to the team now. In one Marvin Friedrich. All right, then we'll talk about him in a little while. Uh, meanwhile, um, quick introduction into Union Berlin. They're right now in third place. In the second division, they have scored 14 goals, conceded seven. And uh, just like Dortmund are the only unbeaten team in their division with four wins and seven draws, if I rem remember correctly. Uh, what's striking about them is that they have the uh, 12th most amount of possession only <laughs> with 47%, only the 13th best pass completion rate. I don't think I've even written the rate down. And uh, also... They have the fifth best shot distance, so meaning they don't take shots from all that far away, yet the 11th best shot conversion rate. So uh, we can probably talk about the strikers not using their chances yeah. well in a moment. And um, one, one other uh, stat in that uh, sort of um, that style is that 
I can't uh, remember. I haven't checked it after the last match against Dresden on the weekend, but before that match, and you was also the team that had the lowest, uh, uh, the second lowest amount of shots from inside the penalty area. So um, the issue is with shot volume uh, rather than shot quality there, I guess. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, I haven't looked at the shot volume, but it was also pretty like in the in the midfield of the second division. Certainly not resemblant of a team that's third right now but um you guys came off a scoreless draw against dynamo dresden and uh dresden were decimated for about an hour i guess little less than that um so what kind of form can dortmund fans expect on you in berlin right now and you is a very resilient team in this season um they had a pretty chaotic uh, season last time around um with Two managerial changes in the end, uh, one in the middle of the season and one at the end when it turned out that the coach they appointed in winter, uh, wasn't quite up to the task, one Andre Hofschneider. Um, <laughs> and Urs Fischer, uh, who managed uh, Basel in the Champions League, um, was brought in to basically steady the ship, um, to use a cliche. And he has done that extremely well. So they're, they're a very solid side. They, um, don't take any risks. Um, much less, I guess, uh, way to Dortmund, um, one might expect. Um, and they, they have sac sacrificed a bit of offensive output for that defensive solidity, um, which, for example, expresses itself in the fullbacks being quite a bit more conservative than they were in the last couple of seasons. And they, in Dortmund, we call it Stögern. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a bit like that. Um, And they, they haven't quite found their modest yet. So, um, which is why they only scored a bit more than one goal per game. Um, but they are very hard to beat. And I guess, uh, that's what they will try to focus on at the Westfalen Stadion as well. Yeah. Um, the best scorers right now are Andersen, who's a striker, Gogia, who's a right winger, and Prümmel, who's a defensive midfielder with a four and three, three goals respectively um in your analysis of that scoreless draw you you basically maligned that onion currently do not possess the the means to progress the ball forward and to create chances that uh, there are a lot of players basically waiting on the last line for the miracle pass but that for some reason doesn't just yeah is not coming off right now um, is that an issue you expect Union Berlin to have in Dortmund? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think there will be too many situations where five Union players are standing on the, on the sort of height of the, uh, uh of the Dortmund, uh, backline. To, uh, I don't think we will see that uh, very often. Um, what is an interesting thing, uh, to think about for the Dortmund match is that, um, after Steven Skripsky left Union, uh, they don't really have a dedicated uh, or um, natural counter-attack striker as such, um, because both uh, of the center-forwards options, uh, Anderson, whom you mentioned, and Sebastian Polter, are both more target men kind of guys, and um, so it will be interesting how they will try to get the ball there, but I, I would very much expect them to play a much deeper uh, sort of base formation than they do in the league. Um, where they do have this issue that I'm not even sure that they don't have the means to progress the ball through midfield, but they seem to make an active choice not to try, um, which I guess you can... In the uh, Bundesliga, uh, we call that Schalke right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, and so you have and also it's a bit harsh um that you call it waiting for the miracle pass because they actually do moved a um especially Prömel who uh, plays in sort of a uh sometimes a double six sometimes a double eight role um depending on how they interpret the four four <clears throat> the four three three that they always play um he does make runs into the that last line of defense and hopes for uh, balls being played into his path um not so much into the stationary uh, situations um but i will have to come up with something else um i'd very much expect them to um to play with their um quite pacey wingers as the primary offensive outlet um try to yeah get i was going to say against yeah. dortmund you will need pace who are these guys who can run fast you mentioned akaki gogia he's a guy who at least on second division level is quite quick i remember from the game two years ago against dortmund that um just a m mere difference in in pace and in physical strength was quite obvious between uh a top uh top of the league uh bundesliga side and a sort of mid-ranking second division side uh which when you want i kind of now because basically every team in the second division is a mid-ranking team in the second division <laughs> um <laughs> so, um, I, I'm curious to see how, how Gogia or Joshua Mays, who, um, who was a player on loan to Regensburg from Hoffenheim last season and who Union signed from those two clubs, basically. Um, he's the other guy who played there on the weekend and, um, who and might. He made his debut, if his, I read correctly. Yeah, he made his debut in the starting lineup. Uh, he had a few substitute okay. appearances before. Um, there's also Simon Hedlund, who's uh, a Swedish guy who's also quick, uh, naturally right winger, can also play on the left or maybe century. Um, he wasn't involved in the weekend at all. He had a bit of a, a tough start to the season. Um, he scored a few goals in the cup, but, uh, hadn't, hasn't really found his feet in the league yet under the new manager. Um, he would be another option. Um, and all of them are basically, um, they have some creativity, but they, uh, Especially have a lot of pace. Uh, Gogia was basically the most, um, uh, noticeable attacking player on Jon had this season in a lot of the games, uh, because he, he really likes to go into one-on-one -on -one duels, um, which again would be interesting to see how that shapes up against, uh, the fullbacks that, uh, Dortmund moved against him. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we can talk about them later because I don't know who that is at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not actually sure, like, uh, are there any, Additional injuries, or uh, is uh, other likes of Hakimi likely to to start? Uh, Hakimi is the left sided, right? Uh, Hakimi played on the left in recent games because of Marcel Schmelz's injury, yeah. but usually or naturally he's a right back. Um, but also for the uh, for for Morocco, he is also playing as a left winger when he played for Real Madrid. He played on the right, but. Um, Lucas Pischek hyperextended his knee and it's bruised now oh. against Hertha BSC, so he will be definitely out. And with Jeremy Toyan having zero minutes and also being injured right now, um, Hakimi is the only fit fullback right now for Dortmund um, and should actually get a break in this game, if, if you would ask me, because uh, otherwise he will be overextended. So I assume that Dortmund's backline puzzle with will be Umar Toprak going in there because Favre does not like to switch from a back four to a back three so it's going to be 
Toprak, Zagadou, Hakimi, and then Diallo, I guess, on the left side again. Um, I once pitched Favre the idea of uh, playing Marius Wolf as a right back. I don't know if uh, <laughs> this is the sort of game where he would fancy that, even though he uh, told me that he liked the idea because he once turned one Lucas Piszczek from an attacking player into a fullback, and that has worked out quite well, I would say. So I always um, credited uh, more or less credited Klopp with that switch, but I guess uh, they made it at Hertha already. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's actually Favre who deserves most of the credit, but Klopp obviously deserves it for seeing the potential in a side that got relegated, and Lukas Piszczek was certainly not like doing all that well at least in my view back then but uh yeah no so so club always deserve the credit for getting one of the best right backs for free from a <laughs> side that was being relegated um although by now Pischek's uh i guess best years are past him and he's no longer the one of the best right backs in in football or whatever. But he, but he had a decent run um as Akakiguya then might have decent runs against the likes of uh uh Diallo maybe Diallo yeah um or maybe Hakimi uh who is definitely better on the attacking side than the defending um it's 100% also faster <laughs> yeah um I guess uh Gugia might be quick but probably Hakimi is a bit quicker um, yeah I haven't yeah. seen a player since Aubameyang even I don't know maybe Aubameyang is really fast on the first five six meters Hakimi is like super fast on like 20 meters he's like beyond the 34 kilometers an hour mark which is quite impressive if yeah. you ask me yeah, it's just like lightning quick that's rare to see sort of 34 plus speeds yeah um but anyways the issue for union will mostly be that they will need wingers who are good at like 60 meters sprints <laughs> because <laughs> i i'd expect them uh, to be that far away from goal for a lot of the time um and to be to be totally frank um There isn't a lot of optimism about the game uh, amongst sort of uh, Peru Watch Union. Um, uh, there is this uh, the saying that um, we have in sort of uh, Berlin dialect German, which is Jans uh, enge Kiste for <laughs> for games, which uh, literally means a really tight game. Uh, figuratively means a not so tight game. <laughs> um, in reference to a seven 0 defeat at Köln once. Um, so. Um, There is a certain amount of worry that the squad may look like this, but I guess that's the situation where cup upsets uh, are born from. Um, I think they will rely on Dortmund taking the, uh, the game a bit less serious than other uh, other tasks. Um, I mean, Dortmund are going to play a lot of games, so um, a bit of rotation and a bit of sort of lack of focus is really the most likely uh, way to for anyone to get anything out of the game because. Um, As I said, they are uh, defensively solid, and I don't think um, actually that when you, uh, Dortmund will score sort of um, Nuremberg or Düsseldorf kind of figures on them because uh, they are def uh, defensively better than those teams. Um, but it's really hard to see where where goals would uh, would come by for Union um, at the moment. I would like to whisper set pieces. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thing because uh, Union used to be really good at set pieces a couple of seasons ago. Um, but that well has dried up last season already and uh, even further this season and they, they have some issues. Um, they have a lot of really static uh, setups for, 
um, positions that they get themselves into on set pieces. So they get some shots off from set pieces because they have a lot of uh, sort of tall, physically uh, strong players, but they rarely are really good uh, uh, headers um, mostly that they get off because there's a lack of movement uh, with the, which they take into the ball on those deliveries. Um, and that's been an issue that they uh, couldn't really convert their set pieces very well. And also, again, they would have to win them first, which <laughs> also <laughs> might be an issue. Uh, who knows? I don't. I don't know. Maybe uh, Dortmund uh, try to block the ball just so it goes out of play in in the way that you get a couple of corners. Or yeah. uh, Dortmund players are clumsy because, as you said, they might not be as focused. Um, it's 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 really interesting to see to me from a Dortmund perspective who Favre is going to rest because there are a couple of candidates. First and foremost, Marco Royce, because he has uh, had the, the most minutes for Dortmund and he definitely need, needs a break. But then there are also other players like Witzel, maybe. And I actually would say a player like Zagadou or Diallo, they can also use a break. But uh, now they cannot rotate there because of injuries. So um, we, we'll see what's what. Um, otherwise, um, with uh, Götze, Sancho, Guerrero and... Um, uh, Julian Weigel also, you, ha you have a lot of players that you can play without much worry or Christian Pulisic because up front Dortmund are rotating quite well. I'm not sure if Kagawa will be fit for this, but he could be a good replacement for uh, Marco Royce as well. So, um, I assume it's going to be a complete B team, but, uh, the bad news for you is that this probably will still read very prominent name wise. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the amount of uh, scoring and assisting that Dortmund got from their bench uh, this season, then um, that points to the depth that they have in this uh, squad, especially in attacking wing positions. So um, I remember that Dortmund played a preseason game at Union a couple of years ago, um, also with a complete beat team, and even that team read quite uh, prominently. I think uh, it's going to feel a bit different, uh, similar to that. Um, and I'm also curious to see whether Union uh, will rotate at all. Um, they have done that last year when they played at Leverkusen at the same stage of the competition. And they ended up losing 4-1, but that was uh, really an accelerated start. Um, I can't quite remember if it was in the last minutes of uh, regular time or if it was in in, uh, in, uh, in 120 minutes uh, as the game in Dortmund was two years ago. Um But back then, uh, they, uh, played with a complete second string team for, um, for 80 minutes on the level of Leverkusen. So, um, something like that would be, would be interesting as well, because, um, one thing that you can say for Union's quality is that, um, the squad has quite a lot of depth. Obviously, they don't have the heights of quality that, um, better, uh, Bundesliga sides would have, but the drop off from sort of position number, 14 or something like that isn't as deep as you might expect um i one guy who i would really love to see uh play who hasn't featured at all this season is uh, uh one error who played really well in dortmund two years ago but uh hasn't really um managed to get into the team consistently ever since and uh back then he missed a big chance so would have uh would be some kind of cosmic uh sort of harmony <laughs> he could Uh, get back on that stage and uh, maybe do better so um, there might be quite a lot of change at Union side as well yeah if if I look at the uh, 
Union lineup, uh, there are actually not too many players I know. Obviously, Gleekwitch, the uh, goalkeeper, is, is someone I know. Um, and uh, Manuel Schmiedebach from Hanover, he is, I guess, the Ankersechser, right? <laughs> Yeah. The uh, defensive yeah. midfielder and then of course Felix Groß who is very big on the Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if uh, uh Schmiedbach is an Ankersechser because I'm still waiting for the Spielverlagen article about Ankersechsers. Um but uh, that might be a bit too inside uh baseball now. Um yeah, Schmiedbach. The, the uh, thing is you have to tell yeah. me because I haven't seen an Union Berlin game in a year or so. Now, uh, Schmiedebach, uh, has been one of the revelations of the season. He obviously, uh, came, uh, to Union the season from Hanover in quite a protracted and complicated transfer deal, which, uh, involved some kind of loan, uh, arrangement, which will get permanent if Union doesn't get relegated to the third division, uh, which doesn't seem likely right now. So we might enjoy him for a bit longer. And he has been, uh, especially good, uh, with regards to his, uh, um, speed of reaction in uh, picking up loose balls and distributing them precisely where you can just see that he has a, a sort of first Bundesliga um, speed of uh, perception and reaction um, which comes in really handy um, if you want to uh, win balls in gegenpressing in the second division and get counterattacks from that so that's something that has been really good for him um, he has had a couple of issues in sort of direct one-on-one -on -one duels um, Uh, he had a couple of uh, also just individually weaker games recently, so that's been a bit of an issue, but um, he has generally had a really good impact, and and he's uh, one of the guys who's responsible for Kroos being uh, less prominent than his name this season. Oh, sorry, that's basically always the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Kroos has uh, started a few games recently, but uh, he also uh, hasn't played a lot in uh, quite a few games and uh, has been kept out of the side by uh, Christian Prömel in one position and by Robert Jule, who uh, tried to play uh, at Hoffenheim last season and didn't really get to um, after having a decent season with um, with Kreuter Fürth. So um, that's another sort of French Bundesliga caliber player um, as is uh, Sebastian Polter, the striker who I already mentioned to um Played for Mainz yes. and then made a switch to Queensburg Rangers in the championship and um, came back to Union after where he had spent a season on loan and scored quite a few uh, goals a few years ago and uh, really made himself a, a, a fan's favorite as well. So those are, I guess, the most prominent players. Um, he also obviously scored the goal of the month, uh, uh, which is the... Um, The competition held by the ARD, the German broadcasters, uh, for his comeback goal with a um, with uh, an overhead kick in the 90th minute, which was at least emotionally quite significant um, a couple of weeks <laughs> ago in Skia. Yeah, I bet. Um, obviously, I mean, you just talked about depth, and obviously, I had to open the good old Transfermarkt.de site, <laughs> and there are a lot of players. You know, a lot of Bundesliga followers have heard of uh, Florian Hübner. I think uh, Mark Torrejon used to play in the, in the Bundesliga uh, or in the second division. I think he was playing for Freiburg, right? Yeah, he, he was uh, playing at Freiburg and at Kaiserslautern mainly. Yeah, and Ken, Ken Reichel, I think, also played first Bundesliga for that one year or two with Braunschweig, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
So um, you actually do have a very decent squad for the second division, so it's not that of a surprise that you are in third place. But it's also pretty close, right? If you like lose two games, you are in eighth, ninth place again. Yeah, definitely. The thing is, in Union doesn't lose any games, but <laughs> um, so the thing is that as part of the whole steadying the ship sort of attempt, um, they have brought in a lot of sort of 26, 27 year olds um, who are proven sort of mid-level quality uh, professionals. Um, and some of them have turned out better and some of them have turned out just as what you would expect. Um, and Hübner is one of the cases where I would have been really surprised um, if I had known how, how well he played, uh, played in the first uh, few games of the season uh, because I was pretty skeptical about um, about signing him because he, from what I've seen at him uh, of him at Hanover, he always seemed like a bit of a limited centre back, but um, he's proved to be much better in sort of a defensive positioning sense. Um, and Union's centre backs aren't asked to do a too demanding job in sort of build up play. So um, whatever, maybe not stellar qualities, but just solid. Um, professionalism he has there uh, doesn't really matter too much and he has been uh, really a mainstay in the central defense which has been uh, by far the best part of Union's uh, team this season together with uh, Marvin Friedrich from uh, whom they signed from Schalke last season um, and the two of them are just physically quite uh, commanding and um, a bit more mobile than you might expect of them uh, of players of their stature um, and they have been just uh, harmonizing really well together And which is also the reason that no one really noticed that Tochon hasn't uh, featured at all because he was injured and is still sort of uh, finding his way back to the squad. Um, but uh, he hasn't really been missed because Hübner and Friedrich have played really well. Yeah, you, you wanted to talk about uh, Friedrich. Uh, he is only 22 years old uh, and he has a, actually a long-term contract until 2021 uh, for you guys. Is Do, do you think that he is destined for the Bundesliga or and bigger things or do you think he is a good rate second Bundesliga side player? Um I just said that sort of um mobility would have been the main concern about uh, him as well as Hübner and that's something that obviously um is an area where demands in the Bundesliga are even higher than in the second division so um whereas you can sort of cover up a bit of um lack of maybe just raw pace um, in the second division, that's harder in the first. So I think you will look, uh, if you're the, that kind of player, you will look better in the second division um, than you would in the first. Uh, and we have seen a lot of uh, centre-backs from the second Bundesliga go to the championship and look really well there. Uh, so I think that's maybe even a more likely scenario. Um, but I could also imagine him playing at Union for a few years because he... He has sort of the career tra trajectory that would set him up for that. Um, coming from uh, Schalke, from Chagas Yusuf, and playing a couple of games there at a really young age, but then being out injured for a long time um, and just sort of being in need to rebuild his career and get a few uh, solid seasons uh, into himself and establish himself as a professional. Um, and for that kind of thing, a club like Union, where um, there is a chance that you would get promoted and get to play in the Bundesliga that way, um, but Other than that, you would just be a really solid second division player. I think doesn't look too bad for uh, for a guy in his position. So um, I wouldn't 
be too worried about losing him to the uh, to the first uh, first Bundesliga side. Yeah, how uh, in, in general uh, are the perspectives for side like Union Berlin to actually have a big money transfer where they have a, a player that goes for maybe five or ten million? I mean, in the second division, that's it's a lot of money, I would say. Um, we mentioned uh, the Bobby Wood transfer, uh, which was <laughs> around four million, which I'm pretty sure is still the record. Uh, sort of outgoing transfer. Um, they had a few players leave to uh, England, but um, Leisner, they kept for another push for promotion last season, and uh, he then went on a free to Queensburg Rangers. Um, the thing is that Union are um, pursuing promotion. Like, maybe not unequivocally this season, but um, equivocally, <laughs> I guess they are. <laughs> um And in any case, they they will want to um, make it a real run for promotion in the next few seasons. And they have uh, made a few personnel decisions that are geared toward that more than, uh, than they are to getting maximum transfer sums for players. Um, and they, they are in a position where the club is financially stable. Um, there's a stadium extension project coming up, so... Um, That will demand some resources, and uh, if they don't get promoted, then maybe at some point they will um, have to further shift sort of generations within the squad and, and make a few sales. Um, but broadly, they um, they are happy to sort of keep a certain amount of quality at the club. And then also the, you have issues where um, a player like Skripski, for example, um, who went to Schalke and. I can't quite remember what the transfer sum uh, was that was quoted for that, but it doesn't really matter because um, that really couldn't uh, couldn't stand in any relation to the worth that he had as a player and especially as a as a guy who had been at a club for 17 years from his seven to his twenty uh, fourth uh, year of age. So, um, and that was an extreme case, obviously, of that kind of um, identity. But um, in general, Union. Are, are more geared towards uh, sort of keeping a team that can maybe push for promotion and fulfill the ambitions of the club um, more I than mean, they are I, to I, I assume one year in the Bundesliga is more profitable than yeah. one big transfer anywhere, right? Yes. Um, and, I mean, obviously Union has to uh, work as a business, But um, they don't have huge pressures to sort of dismantle the site um, for just for um, for getting a few uh, transfer sums. So um, and also um, right now there isn't really a, a player that would be obvious candidate for for a big money move because uh, all the, the great uh, um, or the best performers in the season are ones who are a bit older who aren't. I guess right. Hmm? They're all seasoned veterans. Who yeah, are exactly. In that yeah, um, a guy like uh, Peterson, who also went to England, uh, who was a fullback um, and who was 23, um, which is a profile that sets you up for a transfer. Um, he has already left, so um, it's a really experienced. Uh, my, some might say old <laughs> side now, um, <laughs> and I think they they are geared to performance more than resale value right now. All right, I've I've got one a couple more general questions left for you, and uh, 
The first one is what is so appealing about Union Berlin in, in your own words? Because there are a lot of people that are drawn to this club. And uh, I think it's fair to say it's not necessarily the, the style of football that... <laughs> makes people fall in love with the club i hope i'm not inciting you but no no not necessarily like uh there isn't a prohibition against playing good football either but obviously not but <laughs> although sometimes uh if you listen to people uh sometimes it sounds like that um no i mean the image of union is uh of sort of an alternative sort of uh, especially uh fan geared and sort of fan directed club and that's not just marketing i mean There's um, obviously the, the stadium is sort of the the core of it all, um, which, as I said, is uh, uh, there is an ex attention plan for that, um, which is supposed to uh, be built over the next season, basically. Um, but it's a, a three quarters standing stadium, which is, I think, pretty much unheard of um, anywhere um, in sort of top level football or almost top level football, and um, the whole. Um, atmosphere that that expresses and the whole um, sort of set of priority that that expresses is um, what defines Union as a club and um, some listeners may have heard about the position uh, paper that Union has put out for um, for reorganizing German professional football um, which is another example of uh, Union taking a stance um, in line with its uh, professed uh, sort of ideals and Obviously, um, as a professional club, they also have to make compromise. And if you read closely that position paper on sort of the way promotion and relegation is supposed to work, on the way revenue is supposed to be shared, there are compromises in there um, as well. But it expresses um, a genuine desire to sort of um, gear football towards match-going fans. I think that's a, um, a closely held value and strategic uh, sort of believe and uh, strategic marketing uh, claim as well as um, um, an actual principle that they um, direct their, their actions by and I think that's um, a really big part of what uh, makes the new and special and um, then from there flows a lot of uh, things that uh, people like about Union, um, the way the stadium experience works, um, that there isn't a lot of sponsorship, that there isn't a lot of um, sort of stupid half guy, uh, halftime shows and that, all that kind of uh, thing that you may be seeing in other other stadiums um, um, that there is good and decent music being played and not sort of some party hits um, all that kind of stuff that may annoy you at other places um, is largely absent from Union and that's why people enjoy going there and why even uh, even visiting fans often uh, said it as one of the best sta stadium experiences in, in Germany and uh, I guess in professional football overall. And that can uh, drift into cliches describing that, but um, some of the cliches are actually true. So um, you can't really avoid them. Yeah, I guess uh, Pauli have a similar problem, don't they? Um, but uh, I think, especially in the second division, it's important to cater to match going fans. Um, I'm yeah. Especially looking at you, Bochum. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a really great stadium as well, and I actually like going there, but um, they don't manage to sell the ground out, uh, uh, even though I think they should um, in the in the rural area where people say they are crazy about football. It's 
sometimes a bit weird that they don't manage to, but uh, maybe it's harder these days with uh, Schalke and Dortmund just being right around the corner. So, um, yeah, there's that. But especially in the second division, to re- reiterate that, I-, I think it's it's important because I I assume that ticket revenue actually makes quite an impact as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely right about that because the the split between uh, the TV uh, income is, I think, something like it used to be eighty twenty between the first and the second division. I think it's even more extreme now than that, and that means that just the the share of uh, of revenue that is made up by TV um, is much less, um, and um so you are more dependent on sort of good crowd size which is why union uh, pursues this uh, extension of the stadium which will take the capacity from 22,000 to um, almost 37,000 um while it's still based it's a huge huge deal i guess yeah. um if anyone has ever seen images of the stadium um the main stand which is the only one that has seats right now um is going to remain in place as it is and the other three sides are going to get an, a second tier um which will be standing on the on the ends and uh some kind of seating which may end up being quite standy um <laughs> on the long side so it will really keep the the sort of standing uh atmosphere um off the place but it will um enlarge the cap- capacity and and the union obviously is a club in berlin in uh in the capital of germany where there's like a population of three and a half million and uh, Hertha are the only other semi-serious uh, or <laughs> even semi-serious I, I wasn't going to call Hertha semi-serious but they are um, all only semi-sold out um, at their stadium so there's a lot of people um, that Union can reach and I guess there's um, demand that exceeds the, the currently existing ground anyways um, like the home section of Union is basically always more or less sold out, even in sort of a mediocre season like last one, uh, like last one was. So there's definitely uh, growth potential there more than in sort of other streams of revenue. Um, and if Union is supposed to be a sort of an attractive brand, then um, they will have to keep their their core identity intact. Um, that's always a sort of um, a bit of a catch twenty two. Um, it can be um, what way the the brand and the sort of actual um, core identity work, um, and what flows from what. But I think it's uh, in it's possible to make it a virtuous uh, cycle between those two things. Yeah, that sounds uh, very upbeat. Um, so final question, of course. Um, how realistic is it for a team or a club like Union Berlin to establish themselves in the first division? I mean, this is always the, the big question for any second Bundesliga side that have been in that division for quite some time because every time I feel like you see teams coming up that aren't Bundesliga regulars, they are down pretty quickly again. I mean, Union proposed to make the Bundesliga 20 teams in, instead of a team. That would, I guess, increase chances. But um, I think it's going to be hard. Like, um, Obviously, you have a lot of established uh, sites. You have some non-established sites that uh, still are um, put into a position to uh, be much higher in sort of uh, buying power. Um, Union 
will have a hard time sort of getting into sort of the top 15. And if you're not in there, then, um, you, if they, uh, get from, uh, get promotion, they will be obviously at the bo uh, bottom rung of the table f from the outside and will have to find a way to maybe establish themselves. And you, we have seen that uh, you can have sort of a Darmstadt like season, although hopefully not with Darmstadt like football or <laughs> anti football, um, um, where you can even manage to survive for a season. Um, but that would be a huge success. And, um, if, Union can sort of grow the club um, to a point where they would uh, regularly challenge um, to stay in the Bundesliga and not just uh, get a look in. Um, I think it would be a long-term project. And we've seen that um, even sort of uh, getting this uh, almost Bundesliga established uh, um, position is hard with the likes of Braunschweig who has spent a couple of seasons in the, in the first division. And looked like set up to sort of get promoted every now and then and get relegated every now and then, but then got relegated from the wrong division <laughs> and <laughs> are now at the bottom of the third division and, um, are in real trouble. So I guess, um, there's no obvious apparent danger that Union was, was going to overextend themselves, um, trying to reach Bundesliga. Um, and, They've been in the second division uh, for 10 years now. And uh, as opposed to the third division, the second division is one where you can sort of be sustainable with that kind of uh, model and where you're not uh, ruining yourself by not getting promoted. But from a sporting ambition kind of sense, um, they will need to have this to aspire to. And um, I think even even reaching the the first Bundesliga um for one would be one huge step and uh they would think about establishing themselves there later yeah i wouldn't say maybe the last side that actually did that is fc augsburg yeah that that's a team where people for a very long time thought how oh, they're um like they're the first candidate to go down the next season and then they always kept surprising people and i think by now no one is tipping them to go down like as as the first candidate. I mean, obviously the the promoted sides in Düsseldorf and Nuremberg are currently probably favorites to go down. Um, if uh, you know, if it wasn't for Stuttgart and and Hanover, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Augsburg were um, in a financially pretty stable and comfortable situation, and and then they made the most out of that situation and. Um, really leveraged it into being sort of on a, on a level that you would expect a Hanover to be at. Um, and it's, it's really a great sporting achievement. Um, even though they, they are economically more potent than you would maybe expect from a team with that sort of level of name recognition. Um, at least that they had a couple of years ago, but, um, they definitely overachieved and would take something like that and, if Union would get to that level of overachievement, um, then I guess the sort of fundamentals economically might be enough to catapult them into sort of the um, a similar level. Um, but it would uh, take a few years to go sportingly really well um, to get there. And obviously, of, yeah. you would need a, a barrage of decisions to go your way. Um, but the good thing is, and you would uh, need to find Daniel Bayer or an yeah. equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the, the good news is that if Union ever become sexy enough. I think there are enough sponsors around in Berlin, um, to, to attract at some point, uh, with enough sporting success. I mean, anyway, Berlin is famously poor. So <laughs> yes, we'll have to see but, about that. Yeah. 
but you know, in comparison, there are poorer regions than Berlin. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking to you from Cottbus right now, so yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and I'm speaking to you from Dortmund right now, which is also not the richest region in Germany. Anyway, so um, Daniel, I think we can knock it on the head here. We have a good 45 minutes segment now in the on the on tape. Um, can you please tell our listeners where they can find? you and get in touch with you on on the internet and read your one english article about bobby wood <laughs> yeah so that's on eisenacaptain.de uh so um iron chains um which is a play on the, uh, <laughs> the nickname of of union which is the eisernen um they if they like me in audio form they can also listen to textif again uh which is a podcast about union where we talk about games um one episode at a time um which has been going on for i think they are right at this moment recording the 350th episode of that so jesus uh, yeah that's quite a lot of episodes and quite a lot of union games uh more or less successful ones they can also read me on textif again um and um in the pages of the lausitzer rundschau <laughs> very nice thank you again for coming on you can uh Get in touch with me at Stefan Butzko is my Twitter handle. And if you want to predict this game, which Dana and I will do in a second, you can win a match day flyer, uh, which is basically a little prospect, I guess, of, uh, uh, any match day in the Bundesliga. And if you unfold it, you get a nice little poster of players I, uh, acquired in the, uh, Atletico game, a stack of Dan Axel Zagadou. Um, <laughs> But I've got also Roman Birki, Hakimi, and, and so on and so forth here flying around. So if you get the prediction right, I'll mail you one for no charge at all. So get involved, people. Our Twitter is at yellowworldpod. Our Facebook is also yellowworldpod, which is uh, where you can drop these predictions. And please, for the love of God, don't DM them to us. I just like to fave them in the mentions, which is how I keep oversight. <laughs> So <laughs> there's that. And I don't uh, yeah, what? any oversights you mean? S sorry, what? N nothing. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Just a bad wordplay. Um, all right. That's what, uh, I, uh, my friend Luca, uh, told me that that's the core competency asked for on the yellow wall pod. Ah, I see. Yeah. Maybe we have to invite him back if he can ever, uh, make time between playing football manager and studying very, very hard and having a girlfriend. <laughs> Greetings go out to Luca Giel at this moment. Um, anyway, Daniel, um, it's time to predict the game. You said you weren't all that optimistic, but no, in the hour of truth. <laughs> you just remind me of Roman Berkey, so I'm not going to go with the prediction that I mind and I'm going to actually go for, uh, 3-1 def uh, defeat of Union at the hands of Dortmund. I was gonna, not right. going to give them goal, but then you mentioned Roman Berkey, so Union will score once. Roman Berkey has been a really good goalkeeper this season. I, I remember a lot of fluffed clearances and the likes. Basically, every match I see, I, uh, I see him do that kind of thing. Well, that was last season, but yeah. <laughs> this season uh, has been actually... I really think there was really at least one in the Atletico game. Uh, yeah, maybe. But I don't think Union would score from that, so I'm going with a boring 2-0 <laughs> Dortmund win. <laughs> I mean, if Atletico don't score from it, then why would Union? Yeah. I'd like to register maybe a secondary uh, prediction of 7-1 uh, for Dortmund. All right. You will not it's receive a flyer for that, though. It's basically a side bet, yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Oh, m- maybe you will. Uh, you can yeah. have Zagadu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <but> anyway. Um, <laughs> would serve me right, I guess. <laughs> Thanks yeah. again for coming on. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And we will be back with a regular episode on Thursday. <laughs>